Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Have you ever been at a restaurant and been totally stuffed, and then along comes a dessert tray? And you think, ah, oh, why not? You know, like, I'm full, I'm content, but something else comes along and you want that too. I thought about that scenario this past week as I've thought about money because I think some of us would say, or maybe many of us would say, I know I'd say, it's like, you know, I'm content. I'm content with what I have, but I still want more. I'm full, I'm, I'm content, but I, I still want more. Why is that? In fact, it's not even just that I want more, but... As I reflect on my life, I've actually worried about my finances. And I've never had a day where three meals was not a possibility. I've never spent a night without a roof over my head unless I intentionally wanted to be outside. Um, I've always had clothes. I've never not had clothes. I've always had what I need. But yet, when I look back at my life, I see that the, the source of worry tends to be money. Why is that? Well, Jesus today is going to address that. Uh, if you're new with us, we're in a, uh, a looking at a section of teaching by Jesus known as the Sermon on the Mount. We look at it in Matthew 5 through 7, and we are in this section of the Sermon on the Mount where he begins to talk about money. So last week, he, he kind of said, hey, look, this is a little bit how money works, and this is how you work, that, that your spending isn't just what you spend. It says something about you. It, 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 it communicates whether or not you uh, can see or not. And now he's going to talk something. He's going to say something about worry. In fact, he has some really brilliant insight for us when it comes to worry. He says, what we worry about is what we are most devoted to. That's really the big idea today. What we worry about reveals what we are most devoted to. What you worry about is this big sign that says, hey, this is what I'm devoted to. Now, oftentimes we don't make this connection because we put worry in the world of emotion um, and we put devotion in the world of the will, but Jesus puts them together. So if you wanna know what drives your worry, it's the thing that you're most devoted to. And that's what Jesus is going to say. He says, your, your worry reflects your core devotion. And the question Jesus is going to ask us, what would happen if you shifted your devotion? What would happen to your worry? So we're going to go back and actually we're going to look at verse 24. We talk, we ended on verse 24 last week. We're going to start there again today. It says, no one can serve two masters for he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And the Greek word there for money is this word called mammon, which literally means stuff. So, so you can either serve God, so God can be your, you know, you could serve God, God's your master, or you can serve your stuff, money, stuff, uh, and that becomes your masters. In other words, you're either gonna be devoted to God or you're gonna be devoted to stuff. And, that, and that's where we ended last week. At some point in your life, you're going to be forced to make that decision. It's either gonna be, it's either gonna be God or it's gonna be stuff, right? Like you can't be a fan. You cannot be devoted fan of the Cardinals and the Cubs. I mean, they're, for, eventually they're gonna play each other. And you're gonna have to choose. And that's what Jesus is saying. Eventually you're going to have to choose 
when, the, when it all comes down, when the buck stops, wh- who is it, what is it that we are devoted to? Is it God or is it stuff? Jesus says there's this war in your heart and, and, and your stuff wants to win that war. And, and he's saying, and it's reflected by what you worry about. So to be a devoted follower of Jesus, sooner or later, you're gonna need to address your heart's connection to stuff. Now we're very, very unlikely to do this as, as Americans because our, our money is very, very private to us. But if you, if you look back at your life, I know when I look back at my life, you know, there's, I've, I've had to face this battle. You know, in my 20s, it was clothes and car. It was image. Uh, in my 30s, it, uh, you know, I gave up on that. Like I just, okay, whatever, my image is over. It now became about hardwood floors and curtains. It became about, you know, the house. And then in my 40s, you know, it's about my kids' education. It's about retirement. It's about toys. It's about like, you know, then 50s and 60s, I'm sure it'll be something else. Well, Brian, you might say, like, I'm devoted to God, but how do I know for sure? How do I really know? And that's what Jesus is gonna get. How do we really know for sure that we are devoted to God and we're not devoted to money? Well, quite frankly, he's going to say, worry is going to be on the decline in your life. That's why Jesus says to those people who want to follow him, and he says to us, he says, therefore, he's, his, this is a new idea. He's connecting the, the, the section from last week to what we're talking about today. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Well, that's kind of broad. Can you be more specific? Yeah, I can, he says. He says, don't worry about what you'll eat or what you will drink, nor your body or what you'll put on. Uh, now, you got to know something about this. This audience, they, they lived... Day to day, you know, we talk about living paycheck to paycheck, month to month. Uh, In this culture, it was very much day to day. So when we say things like, you know, I don't have a thing to wear, right? Like, (laughs) we don't mean that we literally don't have any clothes. We just mean like what we have, we don't like. Um, When they said it in this culture, they meant it. Uh, So it was very much day to day. So if Jesus was speaking to us, he may not say, "Don't worry about what you'll eat." Don't worry about what you're wear. Don't worry about what you're, you'll, you'll stay tonight because he's talking to his disciples who've given up everything. They, they didn't know where their clothes were gonna come from. They didn't know where their food's gonna come from. They didn't know where their shelter's gonna come from. So if he was speaking into us, he may say something like this. Hey, don't worry about your industry. Don't worry about your career path. Don't worry about retirement. Don't worry about your kid's education or athletic performance. Don't worry about your marital status. Why? Because those things aren't important? No, they are important. And he's going to deal with that in a minute. His point isn't that your career, your retirement, uh, you know, what you're going to drive, your marital stuff, all that stuff. He's not saying those things are important. They are important, but there's uncertainty in all of those things. In fact, in some of those cases, they're not going to work out all fine and good. But there's a way, he's saying, to face the uncertainty of tomorrow without the worry of today. There's a way he's saying to face the uncertainty of tomorrow without the worry of today. And it has everything to do with what you're devoted to. And then he adds in, okay, isn't life more than these things? I mean, he's just kind of saying, hey, look, they're important, but isn't life more than this? Isn't your life more than your job? Isn't your life more than your marital status? Isn't your life more than your kids' athletic performance or academic success? We get so hyper-focused on an aspect of our life and Jesus is helping us not to worry by panning out and say, okay, look, life is more than that. And then he says something really odd. 
He says, look at the birds of the air. It's like, what? You know, like, I don't have time to look at the birds of the air. I, you know, I need, I need a job. I need a spouse. I'm, my kids are struggling in school. What do you mean look at the birds of the air? I get mad. Jesus says, hey, look, I'm trying to help you here. Because your path in life is determined by your devotion and your devotion is revealed by what you worry about. And I just want to give you some, some perspective here. So he says, like, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? He takes care of them. He's going to take care of you. And then he adds, which one of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to span of his life? Some of us can just live with this delusion that somehow we can control our life the more money we can get. Like, like it makes us feel safe. So if I can get a good education, if I can get a good job and a prudent savings plan, then somehow I can control my life. But consider that you and I are living in a blue and green rock called earth that is traveling through space at 67,000 miles an hour, spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, which is why you should always wear a seatbelt, by the way. Every second, the sun supplies the earth with 4 trillion tons of energy within an 11-year sun cycle. That level of energy varies less than one-tenth of 1%, all from 93 million miles away, 92 million miles away, no life on earth, 94 million miles away, no life on earth, tilted at 23 and a half degrees, um, 22 degree tilt, no life on earth, 25 degree tilt, no life on earth. Our atmosphere consists of 21% oxygen, 23%, no life on earth, 19%, no life on earth. The ocean and our blood is 3.4% salt, 4% salt, no life, 3% salt, no life. And then one day we're going to fall through a trapdoor called death and we either fall into the loving arms of a savior or an eternity called hell. And somehow you and I think we can control our life with a paycheck. You cannot even add an hour to your life. So I say it again, Jesus said, look at the birds. <laughs> they neither snow, sow nor reap. They're not even trying. They don't even have an education. They don't even have a 401k. They don't even have an iPhone. They don't follow their kids around to make sure they're safe. In fact, they take them up to the highest point and go pink and pick them out. But you are made in my image. You're made of my image. And when I wanted to send a savior, I didn't send a bird. I sent one of you, someone like you. And then he says, how much more valuable are you than they? Which is probably one of the most important theological questions you could ever answer. Besides who is Jesus, the most important theological question that's going to shape your life is how much more valuable are you than they? You, my brothers and sisters, have been bought, you and I have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. There is nothing more valuable than that. The, the, there is no discrepancy on the price that was paid for you. Jesus says, take care of the birds. I'm going to take care of you. 
Still not convinced, we'll consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? I mean, think about the most fascinating field of, of flowers and, and how beautiful that is. And then King Solomon, like, you know, like in all of his splendor, I mean, he, all the clothes that he had, I mean, he just does not compare to the grass of the field. So God's not only concerned about your clothes and, and your security, but he's also concerned about how you feel about yourself and, and your identity and confidence. And he says, so don't worry about those things. Don't worry about how you'll look. Don't worry about what you'll wear. Don't worry about your industry. Don't worry about your kid's education, your retirement, your marital status. And then he says this, verse 32, for Gentiles or pagans, those who don't believe in God, Seek after these things and your heavenly father knows you need them all. So again, marital status, retirement, uh, kids' education, all these things, roof over your, all those things, he knows that you need them. They're important. He's not saying they're not important. They're just not primary, nor what you should be devoted to. He says for the, the pagans, those who do not know that they have a father in heaven who loves them, all right? run after or seek or devote themselves to these things. So people who do not know God and do not know that God loves them, that's who seeks after these things. Jesus is saying that when we worry about our lives and we try to pull resources to ourselves, we are living as though God doesn't exist. Now, what advantage does God have to our lives as compared to everyone else. One of the things he's saying is that you, you have the potential, you and I have the potential to never ever worry. That's one of the advantages of having a relationship with the God of the universe is to never ever ever worry. He knows these things are important. He loves you and he promises to take care of you. So your devotion to him more than your devotion to stuff reveals that you're trusting him to provide. So why, he says, are you worrying? You, you have little faith. Well, Jesus, I don't wanna worry. I'm trying not to worry, but that's like trying to fall asleep when you can't fall asleep. So what do you do? Yeah, the only way to stop worrying isn't to say, okay, I'm gonna stop worrying. The only way to get rid of your worry is to redirect your devotion. The only way to get rid of your worry is you have to redirect your devotion. That's what he says next. He says, but seek first again. So don't pursue these. Don't make stuff. Don't, don't make on the top of your agenda, your education, your job, your marital stuff, any of that stuff. Don't make that the number one thing, but make this the number one thing. Seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, things that we once devoted ourselves to, will be added to you. What you have been seeking first is leading you to a, value, to a valley of worry. But if we seek his kingdom, we have an acute awareness of his righteousness, his peace, and his joy. So here's what I think we should do. This is all application from here on out. This is gonna be really practical. Here's what I think we should do. If you haven't done this already, already you need to track your spending. Because here's why. If you track your spending, you will track your devotion. And once you do that, 
you can begin to redirect your devotion. You have to know where your money is going so that you know what your, where your heart is, where your devotion lies. Wherever your money, track your money, follow it, spy on it, don't let it, track it and you will see what you're devoted to. And then you can redirect it by praying something like this. God, you know how much we love this house. You know how much we love having these cars. You know how much we want to give our kids the best education, but we have decided, if you're married, if you're single, or I have decided not to seek those things. Instead, I am deciding to seek your kingdom first and have it invade not just the world, but my world. I have decided to seek your kingdom first and live for all these other things second. I've decided to seek your kingdom first and my retirement second. I have decided to seek your kingdom first and my lifestyle second. I've decided to seek your kingdom first and my marital status second. In other words, I am making the decision to transfer my devotion. And I will sit down at the beginning of every year, every month, every week, every day if necessary to look at my finances and to the best of my ability, seek his kingdom First, and when we are tempted to run, when we are tempted to hide, when we are tempted to give in to fear and worry, we're gonna come back and say, God, I pray your will be done. You promised, you promised to take care of me. You promised to give me everything I need. You have to promise to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. You promised to give me a sufficiency in all things. I will seek your kingdom first and I will leave everything else to you. I want your will to be done in my life more than I want my will to be done in my life. And when you make that transfer of devotion, I've seen it a hundred times. When you make that transfer of devotion, what you'll experience, you will begin to experience what Paul says to the Philippians is a peace that passes all understanding. And what that means simply is that you experience a peace and contentedness when everyone else is freaking out. They don't understand it. That's what he promises you. He promises you a life free of worry. Because your circumstances may not get better, but your peace goes. So you stop worrying by changing your devotion. You stop worrying by being devoted to stuff and being devoted to God. So with the remaining time, I just want to get real practical and, and talk about what giving looks like. This, uh, there, there are three Ps that summarize really the, the New Testament teaching on giving and really how do you practically uh, make this transfer of devotion? How do you practically seek his kingdom first uh, with your finances? The three Ps, uh, your giving must be a priority, your giving must be a percentage, and it must be progressive. It needs to be a priority. You need to decide upfront a percentage that you give. The Bible talks about that, you know, give according to your increase, give according to your income, which means percentage. That you need to decide upfront what you're going to give. And it, it needs to be a priority. Before you fund your lifestyle, uh, your entertainment, your clothes, your car, what your, all that stuff, like it needs to be the first thing. Prayerfully considering on your own, or if you're married with your spouse, prayerfully considering a percentage that you're going to give up, that you're going to give to God. It must be 
a priority. This is huge. This is probably the, the biggest thing is that it has to be a priority because there are certain things that God can't be. I don't know if you ever thought of it this way. There are certain things that God cannot be. So he is omniscient. So he cannot think like we think. He knows everything. He cannot think like we think. Uh, he has immutability, which means he cannot change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the other thing. He is preeminent, which means he cannot be second. Sensei said he won't be second. He cannot be second. The moment he becomes second, he ceases to be God. And that's why this is so huge. It's, a, it's about your heart. It's about your devotion. And to make, to for God to be the number one thing in your life, he must be the number one uh, thing in your financial world. So you, we got to make him a, a, we have to make this giving a priority. We have to make a percentage and it needs to be progressive. There's this thing in the Bible called progressive sanctification or this term, theologians gave the term, but it's that God's moving us from one degree of glory to the next, that he's using all things, the good and the bad things to make us more and more like Jesus. We are being conformed daily into the image of his son. Well, if you're becoming more like Jesus, well, this is what I know about you. You're becoming more generous. And so it's good to like put it in there like, yeah, my giving is just going to continue to, to increase because I'm becoming more and more like him. And if there's something in you, they're like, man, I just can't do it. I just want to say with all the love in my heart, welcome to reality. Uh, welcome to reality. You have discovered the center of your devotion. You've looked in the mirror and you've seen what you're devoted to. And now it's time to make a decision. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to look at your money and your lifestyle and say, here I am, master, tell me what to do? Or are you going to look at your money and say, look, you are not controlling me. I'm not going to do what you're going to do. In fact, I'm going to give you away. I'm going to prove that you don't control me. You're not my master. God is my master. He is my provider. He is my security. He is my joy. He is my all and all. I'm going to redirect my heart. Before I scroll through Amazon and realize I have stuff that I didn't know that I need, but now I need. Before I do all of that, I'm going to put him at the center. And here's what I'm saying. I've never met a person who's ever regretted generosity. I've never, I've never met anyone who says, you know what, being generous, that's like the worst decision I've ever made in my life. We don't worry about the money we give. We worry about the money we keep. So my challenge for us this morning is to make your giving. Redirect your devotion by redirecting your priority. Make giving a priority. Make it a percentage. Make it a progressive. And then when you do this, here's what's going to happen. You're going to find that peace is going to flood into your life. You're going to find worry is going to begin to melt away. And you're going to be living for a new hope. And this is what God wants for you. He's not want something from you. He wants something for you. But we need to make him the center. He needs to be the center of our devotion. He needs to be the master. And so what I want us to do is I want us to before we run into the practicals and run into making all this play out, I want us to sing this song about Christ being the center of our life, that he, is, he alone is our God. He is Christ alone.